Welcome to Belmont Banter, the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Every week we chat to ex-players, supporters and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. Welcome to the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to Belmont Banter. And this evening, I've got someone very interesting on because I haven't spoken to Gary before. And as I've said often on this, it's a journey and it's finding out about everyone's football journey. Gary Doe, welcome, mate. And uh, let's find out about your football journey. Thank you very much. Where did it all start for you? Um, as, a, as a child, uh, although I was born in Chatham, I actually lived the first 10 years in Painter's Forstall, which is a village just outside of Faversham, <coughs> which is really only known for having the Alma pub there. So and there was a small green opposite. That was our Wembley as a kid, as kids. And there was no school there, so we used to get the bus up to Eastling, yeah. which was my first school. And then it was, because this was early 60s, it was the first pair of boots were Billy boots, you know, the shiny tan cap and the wooden studs uh, and obviously the leather ball. <laughs> and um, so then that was the first football at, at school. We, I can remember we played in... The, school competition and I was like one of the nippers say very young and we played all the local villages it was Shelbridge and Tunstall, Millstead all around that area and we actually got to the final and lost to Tunstall I think one there in the final so that was my first experience of competition football and being the youngest at a lot of them I was sort of um, I was taken with the game so yeah that, that was the, that initially that was it that was it Okay, so back back in those days, I'm of your age as well. They, we didn't have academies, or there wasn't any sort of like grassroots football. It wasn't until mm-hmm. you got into let's call it proper football, Saturday football, that uh, you, there was any real structure to it. So when was the yeah. first team you played for there? Well, we actually moved down into Faversham <clears> when <throat> I was ten, ten, tenish. We went to the district school. There was no football there. Uh, only bragging rights in the in the playground. Then we went to Ethelbert Road School, where Bobby Mason was already a legend. Basically, he's only a couple of years older than me, but Bobby was always well known in Faversham. And the the local boys' side was um, and the one that everyone the top side was. I'm pretty sure it was called Faversham Spartak. So when I got to, I'd done a couple of months there at Ethelbert Road, I actually went and signed forms for Faversham Spartak. But unfortunately, um, parents decided we moved up to, to Medway. So I ended up going to the school up in Chatham and just played football through there. Got some cup competitions. You know, first time I played to Chatham Football Ground, we won a cup there. There were scouts involved. Yeah, but our headmaster, we actually got pulled in the office because we'd won a cup final at Chatham Football Ground 6-1. Um, I fortunately got the first four goals, so I've got a bit of the highlights and the scouts. There was from four London, uh, three London clubs and uh, Gillingham. However, we was told by the headmaster in no, no way was we going to Gillingham. We was we were sort of thirteen at the time, so I don't know what happened previous or it might just have been his personal opinion. I don't know, but we never 
never got near Gillingham. Uh, however, I think it was about 15, I got a letter from Charlton. So, and again, it's a little bit, I know it's hard to understand, but a little bit different. My parents didn't have a car then, you know, and so I, I literally walked to Chatham Station, changed at Strood, you know, carried a bag full of boots, changed again at Dartford, I think, got to Charlton, walked up, Theo Foley was in charge of us. And we had a couple of ma matches and, uh, and um, sessions. And um, basically, he, he called me over at the end and said, you, you're just not big enough, son. You know, you're, you're, you're too little. I probably, looking back, I didn't know him well enough. I didn't know him, full stop, really. But I thought maybe, when I went back home and trained, I thought maybe he was just being kind and I, you know, wasn't good enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, maybe that's what he did. I don't know him, so... And looking back at some of the photos of the school, I was indeed, I didn't know at the time, but I, I was quite titchy, you know, so. But anyway, I basically, I never kicked the ball again for a couple of years. Went and done some work up London, come back, didn't do anything. And then I walked into a pub and the guy said, you know, do you want to come and work with me on a building site? So I said, yeah, all right. And then he said, do you play? I'm used to you anyway. So I ended up at Lordswood, basically. Oh. Uh, in the New Brompton League. Well, a good league because it had the um, the Kent League, the three swale sides, and Chatham. It had their reserves in it. Also a very good side from Sheffield called Victory. Um, so I, uh, that's how I got back involved, mainly through work. And, and, and a Sunday side as well called Star Rollers that were in the bottom league of division or combination league on a Sunday somewhere. But I had to stop all that because... Um, there were some great lads and some good players there, and they shouldn't have been in that league. But we, the game got, I played in a game down at Borden Maypole with Mick York and Jeff Orgill playing against him. And the game got abandoned after 26 minutes because there was a, an altercation, so we say, in the middle of the park. And um, the referee went storming off. And then, in somebody's wisdom, said, Well, let's just go out without a referee. And, yeah, I don't think so, you know, because um, we couldn't, he couldn't, couldn't even be controlled when you had a ref, so I think that's probably a no-no, so yeah. I ended up stop, I ended up just staying at Lordwood. What age were you then, Gary? I was, I was about 17. When I was 15, I, I played from school in the morning, I used to play uh, for a, a men's team called Chatham Amateurs, again, good bunch of lads, there and they used to look after you as a 15, 16 year old. I, I, I wasn't aware of any junior football going on and I just loved the game and, and wanted to play, you know. And I, I don't remember anyone taking liberties and kicking kicking you or anything, you know. So, but as I say, when I got back into football at Lordswood, done okay, you know, we, we won the league and then the following year we come second but won the cup. But the Malcolm Ainsley, who was running Chatham Reserves, he was, he was always sort of, a, he, he always was making a point of coming to see me and how do you think you come to play for us? And because and when we played for Lordswood, we actually played out at Cliff Woods in, in just like a, you know, a public park. So <clears throat> I thought, well, that's quite, you know, it's quite nice. Go out, go out and play at places like Chatham and Sheffield every week. So so that's what I did with, with Lordswood Blessing, go and enjoy yourself and, they were a very good side, this first team. Legends, you know, Bobby Harrison, Roger Steed, Andy Walford, uh, Graham Best was playing there, and 
McHenry, I believe. It's very difficult to get into as a as, you know 17, 18 year when you've got you know proper players that have played at Gillingham at some level, you know, whereas I'd come up through the grassroots and boys football. So yeah, that that went okay, but I've got a couple of sniffs at being in the first team, and it was good to see because it was a lot more aggressive, shall we say. Even in the dressing room, you know, things weren't happening. It was, you know, there's none of this pat on the back or anything like that. There was, you know, doors coming off the ranges and stuff like that. So all, all good fun. But um, I suppose I, 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 I'd done reasonably well because there was a big turnaround at Chatham. It didn't look like I was going to get in there anyway. So, And um, I was asked to go down. Anna Lillis, Jason's dad, went down and played for Peter Larum at Cityborn. And um, he must have said, oh, he can play. And because I played with Alan's brother, Jack, for Chatham Reserves. So, and I think Peter had taken over Sittingbourne, asked me to go down there. That went quite well. Yeah, it went okay. And, and, and to be fair, Chatham got stronger. They went and got uh, Dave Samwell and uh, Steve Brown, Graham Mitchell, Johnny Hopkins from Sheppey, which made them even stronger. Mm -hmm. uh, and Dennis Houston and Kenny Rogers. Um, top, you know, top top players at that level. It enabled me going to Sittingbourne to play first team football and play on a decent ground. I love the ball ground. We done all right. We was we was a bit bit of a, a, a raggy ass Rovers type side to start off with, you know. But once Peter once Peter got got his how he wanted to play, and once he got it, and then the following year we got better players. Uh, his boy Carl Arman. Steve Wadhams, great lad, and made us made us a good side, yeah. good side, and and um, yeah we yeah we was going well, and um, but being a, a, a bolshy so and so, and I got dropped for a semi final of a cup, <laughs> and although you know, probably if I'm honest, Peter Atlaron was probably the biggest influence on my career, certainly right at the beginning of it anyway, because you know he was an ex England under twenty three. You know, he he knew how to kick the ball. I, I was like snatching, and I'd come from park football. It's, it's a different world, yeah. you know. I needed to learn, and on I needed to learn quick. That's what happened, really. And but I, I as I say, Peter, having been a manager, he was probably quite re correct in what he did. But um, we went to a semi-final up at Eris. It's always a quagmire. He's looked at the pitch, and uh, he said. I'm going to leave you out today and I'm going to play big Steve Cairns up front, who, who normally played midfield at that time. Mm. Believe it or not, but he did, and he was very good at it. And uh, it was a right decision. Steve was playing through this matter and he got a great goal and we won the semi-final, but it sort of... I, I, I didn't I didn't accept it as a greenhorn, a bullshit kid, really. And... Um, and then there was, there was there was other little bits and pieces, but nothing serious, you know. Uh, we still got on really well, but I just thought it was time to move. I mean, I'd, I've got uh, nine stitches in my knee up at Dartford Glentworth, and, um, but we were struggling a little bit. And so I played with them in on the Tuesday against Kent Police. Done all right again, you know, done okay. But um, anyway, we parted. They, they won the cup final. And I was there to watch him and we bought him a trial beer, me and Johnny Hopkins and whatever. 
And, um, but then my first, uh, um, Arthur Hughes, the Chatham manager said, come back and play for us. You, you'll be in the first team. Because we, we played Chatham twice that year. We'd, and they were very good side. We'd beaten 4-1 and maybe 4-1 four, maybe twice. And I got a few couple of goals in each. So Arthur, Arthur Hughes, lovely guy, ex-Jules, he said, right, you're coming back with us. If you fill out with Peter, we're signing. And um, my first game back as sub was against Sittingbourne and Peter Larum. So we, uh, it's, it's, it's one of those. It's one each. I come on. Uh, John Appleyard, he handballs it virtually with his arm, directs it into mine, and I, I, I score from six yards, nothing special. Uh, Peter gets booked for going ballistic because it was handball. And it was, you know, it was it was perfect day, that day. <laughs> and then a couple of weeks later, I'm playing in the two-legged final for Chatham uh, with, you know, with Kenny Rogers and uh, and the lads. And Graham Mitchell scores a winner. We drew at home. They were Southern League, Southern Premier, possibly. Yeah. Nicky Lambert played up front form. Ex-Everton, uh, ex-Ipswich played in the first division. Bobby Moss played for them. Prop, you know, a, a good team, and we beat them over two legs. Drew at home, and we went up there and won one nil. We had a great time, and then I was asked to go and play for Brian Yeo down at Canterbury. So that was when the dog track was down at Canterbury then. No, it was Speedway. Oh, Speedway then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that. I didn't like it because because when you go, it was a municipal bath uh, in Berriby. It'd be full of grit yeah. and the Speedway boys, you know. But it was a great, great time. I mean, Brian Yeo, um, Graham Knight, Phil Debs, such characters. And Graham Bootsy, Graham Knight was probably one of the funniest guys I've ever met. You know, he, would, he was one of these fellows that would put on a full head gorilla mask and just sit on the front of a ferry uh, from, from um, going across to Gosport. And just sit on the front bench seat with this gorilla mask on his head. And then we used to walk right through the high street to get to Gosport's ground. And uh, or he'd wind down the window and ask people for directions with this full-blown gorilla's <laughs> mask on. He'd just, he'd just do anything for good. Yeah. It was great, great lad. Yeah, great lad. And I, again, I was still a bit raw. I was only a couple of years and it's now Southern League and you're now playing against the big boys and ex-pros and Cole Gilbert and lads like that. Roy Hare and people that knew what they were doing. Again, you didn't take liberties for those fellas either. But again, I was, I was there for a while. And um, Brian Yeo was very helpful. I mean, he probably got uh, frustrated with me at the time because I, I, I was a greenhorn. But, you know, I probably didn't even hit the ball properly, you know. I was kicking the ball a bit better after I was with Peter. Yeah. But I wasn't heading the ball very well. And um, But I, I really enjoyed it. Loved playing there. But then I ended back, goodness, with Chatham, I believe. I was down at Sheppey at one stage as well. I mean, if you hear noise, it's because I'm having to look because, I mean, at Chatham, I played for Arthur Hughes, Barry Watlin, Duncan McLaughlin, Brian Thompson, Barry Zillwood, Johnny Adams. And I was playing manager there for half a season. Sittingbourne, I played for Peter Larriman twice. Well, this brings me... It shows you the measure of Peter Larriman because I, I was down at Jeffy. I fell out at, at, at um, this seems to be a running theme. I know that, but <laughs> just, <laughs> just, I fell out 
not massively, but I just didn't like it. And um, see, some things, although we were playing Southern League, we were training twice a week, you're also working and you might be traveling the other end of London or wherever. So it could be, you know, and it was just at the time, it just wasn't right for me to be down at Sheffield. I wasn't enjoying football. It would have been after Christmas sometime. But the measure of Peter Larriman was he'd come and knocked on my door five nights that week. And like Monday, I'm saying, I said, Peter, no, I'm just not. Honestly, I fell out of love with football. I was still only a kid. I don't know what I was, 24 or whatever. And um, and he knocked every day. And come Friday, well, we're all in good mood Friday, aren't we? I said, OK, Peter. OK. <laughs> I thought, he wore me down. But it just showed you, you know, even though I was naive and a bit, a bit jumpy and, and walked away from him, basically, he, he was there for me. And, um, yeah. Happy days. And we we um first came back. We I wasn't playing very well either. I didn't I, I knew I wasn't playing well. But um last minute uh, from a corner we're nil nil Herm Bay away, I think it was, another good side. And um one went off me year and we won one nil. And the Sheffield boys were all giving me stick that night when we met them in the wagon at Howell. That, that, that lived in Chatham, you know. So, yeah, all good fun. But then, and then I started to settle down a little bit and started playing some half-decent football. I played some good stuff when Arthur Irving was manager at Sittingbourne and uh, it was very new to play like a number 10 role, which suited me as well. So I quite enjoyed that. And then he was assistant to Barry Watling at Chatham. And Barry Watling didn't know me from Adam and he was ex the manager. He, he was goalkeeper in the same side as Pele in America. No. So, yeah, he was, yeah. If you check it, if, yeah, or Google it or whatever. But, yeah, Barry Watling played in the same side as Pele. It, he was a goalkeeper, Barry Watling, uh, it, when Pele had finished and was playing in America somewhere. Yeah. So, <laughs> it was, I thought, well, this is, you know. But he didn't know me for that, madam, and he wanted me to play right back. And I'm thinking, this fellow, this is pre-season, I thought, well, he, he's just trying to get me out, yeah. you know. Yeah, but it, it wasn't like, we was all on £5 each, you know. It wasn't, it wasn't like a ransom, you know. It, it wasn't like he needed to get rid of me or anything like that. But after a few weeks, um, I, to be honest with you, when we start, I started playing right back, I thought, well, this is easy. You know, you're in the corner, you can see the whole of the game. You've got no one coming up behind you, kicking you. This is lovely, you know. And just knocking the ball down the line or drilling it into someone. I thought, this is easy. Lovely, I can do this. And um, But anyway, didn't last long. He had me playing number 10 again. And um, I started doing really well. We got we had a great cut run. We ended up south all. We got them back to Chatham. I scored a goal up there to get an equaliser. We've gotten back to Chatham. I've done the silliest thing. It was a Monday evening, and myself and Cole Allen decided we were going over to see Huey Stinson. Do you remember Huey? Yeah, I do. Uh, we were going over to see Huey Stinson and Stevie Wren over at one of the pubs over at Tillingham. I remember wrestling with a fridge freezer when I'd got home that evening, and it wasn't in the best condition. I went to work the next morning, and but someone started up a, a diesel Lister engine of the mix on the mixer, and um, it, I, I had to go home. 
And it's the only day I've ever lost off of work because of going out and enjoying myself. But it was stupid because I, I we had Southall we had Southall in the next round, yeah. that next day. So I rung Carl up. Carl was working for keyboard, and I said I've had to come home. I've you know I'm ill. I'm going to have to tell Barry what then that I'm coming down with flu or something, you know. And this Larry said, go and have a run, go and run, get your suit gear on, go up Luton Wreck, you'll be all right. And uh, which I did, but I didn't feel right. So as we're walking through the turnstile at half past six, seven o'clock, whatever it was, I was, thinking, I, I was speaking to one of the lads and they said, look, just get your kit on, run about. Anyway, that's what I did. Uh, as it happens, we, I paid extra time as well. And we won 4-2 uh, and I got a hat trick. So, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, needless to say, uh, afterwards, when everyone was celebrating, I was on... Orange and lemonade because I was <laughs> still a lightweight, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, still struggling slightly. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, it's great days. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. Had I been on a lot of money, I would have thought he was trying to get rid of me. But because I was doing really well from him, he genuinely said to me, "You should be playing a high stand." And we said, we're, "He said I've arranged a friendly with Crawley." Johnny Manx was. Uh, was was manager, and we beat them two 0 and I scored both goals. A again, playing for a number ten position, and I was thinking, do I want to go to Crawley? You know, but it, it never got to it. I never. Next thing, Barry's on the phone. Barry's rung me up and said, um, Gravesend. Want you to go to Gravesend? Uh, what, what, you know, what do you think? Well, it's not as far as Crawley, and it's you know, it's Southern Premier League, which is you know another step up. It might be too far, you know. But um, the manager had been sacked and they'd put the Kent Youth League manager in charge, which I didn't really know at the time. So it didn't bode well, you know. Um, and when we got in the dressing room and when I got ready for the first match, I was playing up front with another lad they'd signed, Frank Smith from Orient. And there were some senior pros, one or two. No, one, that's not fair was doing press-ups while this new manager's talking. I'm thinking, this ain't, this ain't right, you know? And there were some great players and good pros there. You know, Gary August, Kenny Brett, stars, you know, really good. Helen Hart, Jeff Idle. Um, but it wasn't that long before Eddie left. I'm literally a handful of games, I would think. Um, but again, done okay. I didn't do anything great. And then... I had Bron... No, I mean, Dad had got meningitis. He was only in his 40s. He'd got meningitis. So I was going up St. Thomas's every other day. Um, Tony Burns took over. Uh, uh, Ex-Arsenal Crystal Palace goalkeeper. Fearsome man. <laughs> very tough guy. Uh, and, uh, yeah, very dapper, very funny. Knew his football. But cool, when he went, he used to go, yeah. And um, I don't think I was his cup of tea because he wanted, a, you know, a proper Billy Basher back home, knock everybody down and all the rest of it. So, and then I got bronchitis and I ended up playing a couple of revert, reserve games for him, which was quite a pleasure, to be fair, because there's no pressure. Mickey Wolf was great lad, was running them. And I can remember going to Walthamstow, which was a ground that I'd never been to before, which you know, it's great, you know. Yeah. Joe Longthorne was on that night. 
at Walthamstow. That's how long ago it was, at Walthamstow Stadium. So anyway, I, I, got a, I thought, well, this is over. But um, to be fair, Tony phoned me up and he said, look, I, I'll be honest with you. He said, it ain't gone well for you. He said, but I'm struggling. I, I want you to play. So I said, OK, it's Wednesday, Starbridge away. Right, so now I've got to go to my bosses and say, look, I need half a day off. It doesn't go down well, to be fair. Anyway, we went up there, done okay. Gary Aldis went past three people, ran the goalkeeper, just give it to me to tap in from the yard, you know. Um, and so we won 1-0 at Stabridge. We were, I mean, they were struggling. It looks like we was going to go out to Southern Premier. We went up to Chelmsford, got... Result up there, three two, got a goal. I didn't get many either, less than I, I don't know, but not many. It went okay, but when the end of season came, we got we, we were safe. We got our results. We two matches with Dartford over the Christmas and the New Year period, which was great because Ernie Morgan was was a good friend and he was manager of Dartford. Ray Tunbridge, Larriman was playing for him by this stage. Grant Gallagher, oh, um, tough games. Um, but we drew nil-nil at home and we actually won up there when they like were full from top or whatever and we were full from bottom. So we had some good day and we we actually, uh, we didn't get relegated. So that was great. I wasn't expecting the phone call to go, uh, to go back up there and I didn't. I ended up at Margate. Uh, John, uh, Terry Morris had asked me a couple of times. I never got there. I think I had a year. I think I went back to Sittingbourne at some stage. I'm sorry about this. I have tried to take some okay. notes, but it, it, I, I did play for a few, and it is a bit sketchy at times. But I ended up at Margate uh, playing for Johnny Wickings, and Wayne Gordon was down there, um, Terry Norton, uh, Bobby Wilson. Wow. Dave. Dave Gear, who was on your, he was one of the youngsters that come through just yeah. as I was leaving. But a great lad, Gary. Yeah, great oh. lad. I remember him at the reserves, and I remember him coming in, coming into the side. We, um, yeah, we had a good side. It was one of those clubs, you know, that actually went really well for me, and everything fitted in. And even though, again, Steve Wadhams was there, Cole Larriman was there, Andy Walford, Finchie. Uh, from Medway, Cole Lloyd was already there, Grant Gallagher, and then you put them with all the lads that were all down there, you know, the Bobby Wilsons and the uh, it, Tessa Nortons and Stone, Jeff Stone, people like that. Joe Radford was goalkeeper. We had a flipping good side. In fact, some a lot of the Medway boys, I think, went just after Christmas. But I stayed down there. I stayed down there for 18 months. I, I was never prolific. Uh, I, I'd get a few here and there. I'd have my spells. I, I think I played a lot of games in midfield as well for, for Wicko. I think I had something. I worked it out that like I had something like 13 strike partners at one time in 18 months. You <laughs> I, 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 Seriously, apart from Cole Lloyd, Gallagher, Larry, Waddo, Gary Pugh. I don't know if you can remember Gary Pugh. No, that's not a name. Enough. Gary Pugh was Margate. He, he, he done well for himself. He went to Torquay. Big, tall guy. Very good in the air. Very strong. Uh, Neil Cugley. Yeah, Neil Cugley was. I partnered him in the second season for a little bit. Darren Hare. Darren, I know, yeah. So, yeah. All, all in 18 months, yeah. Um, wow. 
I, I don't know what John, God bless him, Wicko, but yeah, I had quite a few partners. And if I had a bad game, he'd play me midfield anyway. For some reason, he just liked me. And for some reason, I, I just fitted in with Margaret. That was that it just worked for me, exactly. you know. Yeah. And um, it went really well. I've, I've a lot to uh, be thankful for with with, with Margate too. So, but I I had to come back. I, in the second half of the season, I left over over Christmas time again, but I I went and played for Chatham. I needed to be local with stuff going on at home and whatever. So, but I needed to I needed to be at home, and I played for Chatham. Chatham were in the Southern League at the same time. I ended up scoring. 24 that year, which was good for me. It's not normal, you know. I think I got 13 for Margate, and and then I was third top goal scorer in the Southern League that year, which, as I say, is not 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 normally what I was known for. Fantastic. It, yeah. it, it went well for me, yeah. That that in that spell. But the funny thing is, I went to Chatham. Duncan McLaughlin was manager, and there was quite a few young faces from Maidstone there that I didn't know, and. But we fit it. I couldn't hit. I couldn't hit a barn door. I, ju- I just wasn't, when I first got there, I just wasn't scoring. I was doing all right. I was doing all my job, you know, hold up and all that sort of stuff, but just couldn't couldn't score. And then our sponsors was Alders, the superstore, you know. Yeah. It, it, they had one in Chatham. And, uh, and part of the deal was that we played Alders. And... Um, and there was, you know, apparently they were a good side and all the rest of it. They played in one of the local divisions. Anyway, we won 11-1 uh, and Prince Sterling got five and I got five and something like that. So, but that seemed to, they're just getting them few goals against a, a not very good side, just a, a local side. Just give you a lift. Yeah, Spurman. There were seven games left of the season and I got 11 goals. Three against Dover, two against Andover. So it just, yeah, snowballed. That's where I ended up with 20, uh, 24, I think. Yeah, 13 and 11, 24. So it went well for me. But strangely enough, Duncan McLaughlin left at the end of the season. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure why. I don't know why. Brian Thompson took over, got on well with Brian, uh, and then went down to training. There was three or four of us, and Brian's, Brian left and went to Folkestone and about... I don't know, seven or eight players, maybe nine players, as many as that went with him. So obviously, I'd love to sit down with Brian Wall because I've never seen him since, to be honest with you. Because for him to do that, um, there was lots of things going on at Chatham at the time, at the board level, if you want. Uh, and obviously, normally the, the crux is normally money, isn't it? And you know, uh, we were on the, we were on good money in the Southern League for Chatham, you know, uh, and then all of a sudden we wasn't. You know, so we had a mass exodus. I went to Faversham because Andy Wolford was manager. I trained one night and ruptured a thigh muscle. I was out. I used to go up and watch Chatham. And they, Bill Tucker and Jack Whiteley looked after them. They got a lot of young lads from Mason. Bill was that, that area. Mm-hmm. And some good lads, but it's Southern League. You know, it, it finds you out. So... I remember what they got beat by six by Corinthians at one game, you know, um, which is unheard of because although Corinthians had people like Essen Taylor and um, Andy Andy Duggan and uh, I think Ernie played for them later than a little bit later after that, I'm sure he did, and the Billings brothers, but you know they they weren't they weren't in the you know 
They were never in the top half side anyway at that that time of playing. And um, yeah, I mean they put six past Chatham and it, it, it just they were bottom of the league. They're getting smashed, and I was out injured anyway. I couldn't even though I time for them. I couldn't. And then um, they sacked him and they said, would I look after him? This is about Christmas time. Would I? I was 29. Would I? I'm not doing anything else. You know, so, okay, we'll, get, we'll have a go. We're going to get relegated anyway, you know, so, but we'll have a go. The two, two, there was two good players there. Actually, there was, that's not true. There was two players that were on still good money. And basically, up to say to my, I had to basically say, sorry, lads, you're going to have to take a drop. Instead of getting 30, you're down with everyone else at 10. Uh, purely because the budget, um, I, was, I think I had 120 pounds for the whole of the, that, including you know, me, the, the, yeah, the subs, everything. So basically, nothing, you know, enough to buy if you're allowed to cut the pints afterwards or something. So the two lads that were on 30, obviously, one was a very good goalkeeper. One, Kenny Dyer, smashing midfield player, went and left us. And actually, I think he went down to Torquay as well. or some, he, he went and played a bit of football. Good lad, good player. But you couldn't spend three quarters of your budget on, on two players. So, And even at 29-year-old, you know you, you know that. So basically, what do you do? You get in. I, I, I spoke to Graham Mitchell and Dave Samuel, who were playing local and were mid to late 30s. Come and do me a favour. Ernie Morgan said there's a 16-year-old called Peter Jarvis, playing for Sheffield Reserves. Right, we'll get him up. I had to convince Andy Bower's dad, who was only 16, that, you know, he'll be all right, we'll look after him, he won't get hurt, he's tough enough, and he was. Barry Morgan, Ernie's boy, converted him to a right-back. I signed two guys from the army, Captain Andy Phillips, and Corporal Tony Luscombe, that we tell remember. <laughs> and so, and, and um, we done really, we, we were doing okay. We were, you know, we got the odd draw against one of the, you know, the top sides. We uh, beat a couple of sides in and around us. I've got Waddo and Larriman as well that were yeah. kicking their heels, come up and give me a hand. And basically that's what people, managed to get people up there. We did get relegated. But it went to the last, basically the last game. And um, we were 2-0 up at Rice Lip uh, and we lost 3-2. Oh. So you, I, I put that down to my managerial naivety. By that time, I'd been, I was playing then anyway. I was during the game. So you, you can't see stuff. You know, you need to be on the line and you can see what's directing it and everything. But anyway, that, that's the way we, we actually did get relegated. But... By God, we we give it a flipping good go, and I was, you know, the massive turnaround. I think we had 17 games to go, and the massive turnaround of the players and the guys that come in. Uh, I've got Robbie Grover from Sittingbourne, Martin Ford, God bless him, uh, he was there, and he and he's told me about a lad that was playing for Whiteleaf. He's playing for Steve Kember, actually. Steve Kember was manager of Whiteleaf, and uh, he come down. It was David Ward. And um, I had David Ball playing left wing, and um, who obviously went on and done really well with sitting ball, etc. So, and um, yeah, we, 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 I suppose I got the, the bit, a bit of the bug then, but 29, I didn't really want to be doing it. And 
and, uh, and you know, at the end of it, I, I was still gutted, and I think I'm still losing sleep a few years later about that last game. <laughs> last game. <laughs> away, but, um, and then what happens, you know, you get in your 30s. I broke my leg a couple of times in the 30s. Once I was helping, uh, Barry Zilwood was managing Chatham. He'd ring me up and say, come and give us a hand. I'm really struggling. Oh, flipping hell, I've just got into work. All right, come on. Anyway, I broke my leg. It wasn't serious. Four or five weeks out in class. It wasn't too bad. But the second time I busted it was up opposite the Yorkshire Grey on the Greenwich pitch. If you've got time, it's a reasonably funny story. If breaking a leg can be a funny story, but because it was a nasty one. I was, it was actually in the um, FA Sunday Cup. I think we were in the last 16, 32. And um, span against, aside from that area, obviously, they had a Kent League forward up front. I was playing at the back and we were strolling, you know. I don't remember taking the mick verbally, but I, I was... I was playing well, yeah. Uh, you know, back head into the keeper and all that all sort of stuff. And um, anyway, I, whether it's someone has said, Christ, you know, sort him out or, or, or he's not that type of player. I've been to Tommy Sampson rung me up the next day and said, trust me, he's not that sort of lad. But we've all done it. We've all, someone's took the mickey out of us and we've put left a bit on them, you yeah. know. And But unfortunately, it was a bad one. Uh, but the funny thing was, Lucky me, there was an um, ambulance strike, and it was at the Joyce, I think it's Joyce Green Hospital up at um, Wellingway. And um, they, I'm off the side of the pitch, and it was one of those where you pick your calf up, you see your ankle drop. And Lee Thompson was next to me, young Lee Thompson. I thought, this is not good, you know. So, anyway, on the side, got on the stretcher. They decided to take me away in a camper van, Toyota High Ace, that one of our lads had, um, lovely guy, Roy. And um, anyway, they get me on eventually, and this is uh, this is painful, getting me on a narrow... I got on there, they shut the door, start to move, the ambulance turns up. They get me back out the High Ace, ambulance people take control, put the inflatable pad underneath, etc. Get to Joyce Green Hospital, and it's like, there must have been three light bulbs on in the whole hospital. It, it, was, it was dire. It, everything was dark. There was hardly any staff there. They had to... And this is, this is not like the 50s and 60s. This was like, you know, about 1990 or something, you know? 1989. I had to sit there while they took x-rays to see if I needed to be operated on, which I wasn't looking forward to. I'll be honest with you, being self-employed, yeah. looking forward to being out of work for a few months. Anyway, come back, it was a spiral break. It actually went down like that, and they felt that it'd be right. So they put what a back slab on it, but from, from, from your bum right down underneath your sole all the way, and it was about inch and a half thick. And uh, Roy had waited for me in the camper van, so all I could do was lay down the middle. And on the way back... Uh, it, I have to say it was pretty it was pretty painful. So um, I was on cocodamol or whatever else they give me, and uh, and Roy Blessing got me a few cans of cellar because I, I knew I wasn't going to be sleeping that night. It, no. was, it was so painful. I couldn't get upstairs. I just laid on the carpet yeah. in the bottom room. However, 
open up to Toya. When I was in the hospital, they said, look, you can go shortly, but we're trying to find a pair of um, crushes for you. I said, well, that, you know, that's going to be useful. What would this back slab on? How, how the hell am I going to get move, you know? So they said, yeah, we, we, she come back again. She said, we found some screws and we, we're putting it together right now. So you'll be going in the next 10 minutes. It's fantastic. So I've got me in the camper van with me, laying down. When we get outside where I lived in, in Walderslade, open the back doors, I'm sliding out, put the crutches down, and then the old wooden type ones, you know, with like a single pivot and a V, you know? Well, they put one screw in each and they just went, they just folded and I landed on my face on a camper van. So they get me, get me in the house and um, probably the worst night I've ever had. But Phil, who was, he was in charge of the community um, and the academy, I think, at Gillingham Football Club. He was involved with us and he said, look, I'll pick you up in the morning, I'll take you to Midway and we'll get it sorted. So I said, that's fantastic. I really appreciate that, you know. So no, in the morning comes, 10 o'clock, sure enough, he's out there at Gillingham FC Academy van and it's full of the youth team. <laughs> all sitting down one side, uh, sorry, uh, down both sides with a gap down the middle and, a you know, a netting full of balls up behind the... So I've had to lay down on this. <laughs> you can imagine these kids seeing me yell oh, every yeah. time we went over a speed bump for a bump. Screaming in anger. Yeah, I don't know what they thought. <laughs> oh my God. They probably never made another tackle for three or four games. <laughs> um, and they ended up ended up in the midway and they, they just put a, a plaster all the way around it. So I, I was in plaster for three months for that, which... Didn't do me any favours whatsoever. But there you are. But, but then, having said that, you know, I used to walk everywhere on these crutches and I, I can remember the, 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 the football people, I can remember them crossing the road to come and see me. People like Steve Lovell yeah. would come across and say, how are you doing? Are you all right? Do you need anything or anything? And, you know, you always, always appreciate. The football people are, by and, by and large, really nice people. Good Smashing God. people, like a family. They do anything oh, for you. So that, that was that, really. So I did play again for, for Johnny Adams up at Chatham um, just to prove to myself that I could play. And we had all these good youngsters coming through, Lloyd Hume and Lee Thompson and yeah. Ricky Atris, the bestie, obviously, Stevie Best. And, yeah. and um, I decided to go to Lordswood because basically uh, it was more my level. I could hobble around, score a few goals and... And but unfortunately, at the end of that season, they asked me to take over. So <laughs> I thought it's probably not a bad thing, you know, to keep in football because I can't play anymore. You know, no. I was still probably young enough to play, but it just it just wouldn't work. When I was in plaster for three months, my ankle was so congealed I just couldn't move it. No. You know, it took it took weeks and weeks and weeks before I could actually run about and play football again, but well, not to any decent level. So. I ended up being manager of Lordswood and um, the remit was we want to be in the Kent League and we were in the Nuclear League. Um, we, we done okay. It, it was hard work because, you know, we, we were we were organising programmes and yeah. we had great people like Steve Lewis, Dennis Caulfield, bless him, Dave Sims, 
Um, but when I first got there, it, it, it was a social club, and it still is yeah, a social club. It is. Always <laughs> club. And it's, it's a, and, and it's probably one of the best social clubs in Kent. And the cricket were doing really well. The rugby was really doing well. The football, not so good. But they wanted to be up there. But there was a little bit, sons and nephews were involved in some of the teams. And then me being the big bad person comes in and we get better players. You know, I get, get, I get, I get, Luckily, again, with no budget whatsoever. I don't think they still have it, Lord, but I, I really don't know. I've not been in touch for a long time. However, we got Alan Babers and Jason Lillis, and we got good players in. And um, not all at once, not right at the beginning, but we we, we done okay. But one of the guys up there resigned because of the way it was going. I think it was, to be honest with you, I think there's more of this. Those boys weren't in the first team anymore. They were in the second team, and the second team was Kent League too, you know, so that was still a good standard. But once David Sims, he become chairman, and it's Steve Lewis is getting us uh, floodlights sorted and everything, and, and it just kicked on, and we, we got into the Kent League. We didn't have a budget, and we'd done really well, I thought, you know. I don't know where we... We finished in the bottom half, but we'd done okay, but personal situations... <laughs> I'm sure we've heard before uh-huh. happened. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I'll give this game enough. And um, I, 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 I walked away from it. It was the saddest thing I ever do. I, I had to go and see Dave, friend, uh, Dave Sims, who's a great friend. I said, look, I can't do this anymore. It, it, it's costing me so much yeah. time. And I, the thing is, I was looking after the youth, help training one of the youth team kids, you know, the under-13s, under-14s. If I wasn't training Tuesday and Thursday, I was watching the opposition or I was watching another game or possibly a player that scouting for someone that might be good enough for us, you know, from the local leagues, i.e. Gary Lee. We've got Gary Lee, who's a super player. And then Friday, you'd been all night on the phone. So it wasn't great. It wasn't great for the family, really. So that, that, that ended in it. I'm not the first and I certainly won't be the last, but I didn't really do much then because six months down the line, some of those lads, Glenn Cooks, Andy Skinner, they were playing for Chatham then. They, right. you know, they, they were my lads at Lordhood, done really well. I was pleased for them. They got the Chatham. Brilliant. And I, I went up and watched them. A cut. I think they were playing at the Garrison Gown for some reason, for a short spell. And uh, I went up and watched them. And um, But I found that I couldn't enjoy the game football. I was looking at the game thinking, he should be getting on. Why is he not covering? Why is that fella not doing that? <laughs> and you, you, could, you can't enjoy a game like that because you just... So in the end, I just stopped going altogether, really. That was that was me and football. But but I, I met some absolutely wonderful people. Well, uh, I've got to say, it's, it's fantastic, mate. I really, really have enjoyed it. Let me just finish off, but you stay there. So yeah. from me here, we're just ending when uh, Gary's just finished his story. It's me here at Belmont Banter and Gary Dale on the other end of the phone. Gary, it's been a pleasure, mate, and I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. They are providers of optical fibre services to the telecoms industry specializing in optical fiber provision, local and long haul. We offer a full turnkey solution to our clients throughout London and the south of England.
Contact us through the website for more details. Your host, Tony Rouse, every week on Belmont Banter for news about local football in Kent and beyond. I do hope that you've enjoyed today's episode of Belmont Banter. Don't forget there's a new episode out every week which comes out on a Sunday night, early Monday morning. And you can leave your suggestions for a guest to invite at the end. And leave a like and don't forget to pass it on to all your mates. Cheers. <laughs>